This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at cosmicpotato.com. Aaron Eisenberg liked my tweet today. <laughs> I saw that. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I've had him, uh, I've had him uh, like a couple of things, but I can't ever get him to respond when I ask him to come be on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Just remind him that there's no profit in it. <laughs> All righty. I didn't know there'd be so many of us. It's the world tour, man. Ah. We bring in all the all the heavy hitters. Virginia's drinking. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I want to say that I, I feel um, a certain degree of pride for getting uh, Sean to call me a son of a bitch. <laughs> yes. I laughed at that. Oh, my God, that was funny. Solid gold. Uh, and it was not intentional. I know that's that's all the more valuable. All right, is everybody ready? Don't spoil the movie for me. Everybody ready already? Uh, sure. We will not. We will not what? Spoil the movie. I told Scott I was going to do like a spoiler-free review of um, Spider-Man and uh, Stranger Things, but he doesn't want to be spoiled, so he's going to turn off his earphones while we do it. I might do that too. Oh, have you not seen it? Well, if you're not, Joe, have I've you seen, seen I'm, I'm up to episodes, I'm halfway through episode six on Stranger Things, and then, no, I've not seen uh, Spider-Man. Joe, have you seen Spider-Man? I have not. Well, there's no sense in talking about it at all, then. Yeah, bummer. <laughs> if you didn't put that on the list, you didn't say anything about that. Well, well I ruined I, it. I would have let you know. That, uh, <laughs> I assume that John, John sees all the Marvel movies opening weekend. <laughs> well, I tried to. It was it was a holiday weekend. I was out of town. Yeah. I did see um, Aladdin and uh, something else, some other kids' movie. I just can't Secret Life of Pets? Too. Well, yes, but not that. Um, I'll like, do it. I'll do a short, kind of uh, very spoiler-free. And what we'll do is we'll come back. The next show, we'll do our big spoiler-filled uh, episode of Spider-Man. Um, well. But yeah, if you, if you guys want to turn your headphones off during that, I mean, literally, it'll be like two minutes, and I won't. Just give it a just give it a rating. Yeah, okay. blank blanks out of blank. Keep it nice and simple. Even names of videos on YouTube, I'm worried that they're spoiling stuff. I'm getting really jumpy, but I plan yeah. to see it first okay. showing tomorrow. I got I got spoiled on something for Stranger Things. I'm kind of pissed about it. Aww. Yeah, hot. He's hot about it. <laughs> <laughs> this is my rage face. <laughs> that's just your normal face though no, I'm just kidding <laughs> right, that's, that's my secret yeah, I'm always angry <laughs> alright let's go ahead and get started we interrupt this program to annoy you and make things generally irritating <laughs> welcome to cosmic potato the Super Fan Talk Podcast. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. We've got you covered with everything from Marvel to Star Wars. I'm glad you asked that because I wanted to take this time to explain my evil plan. Classic films, trivia games, and beyond. Give it a go. Get together. Have a few laughs. Now, on with the show. Keep the change, you filthy animal. Hey everybody and welcome to Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast. My name is Sean Ray and I'm currently broadcasting from the surface of the sun. 
The heat index today was 110 oh in my part of Alabama. So sitting across the virtual table from me is a guy that may or may not be experiencing a Peter Tingle. Mr. John Irons, and if you get that joke, <laughs> listeners, you're laughing. If you don't get that joke, I'm not going to explain it because when you figure it out, you will laugh. Well, no, I got it. <laughs> I'm just not sure how to respond. <laughs> and, and also, from the Wait You've Never Seen podcast, we have Virginia. How's it going? Good. Not quite as hot here. What is the temperature in, in Texas today? Or you're part of Texas anyway? Um, it got up to, I think, 98 today, but that's just regular temperature. <laughs> I stay inside most of the day because that's just nonsense. That's yeah. Just, no, nobody needs to be out in that. <laughs> and from the prime direction, we have Mr. Scott. How's it going, sir? I am on vacation from work all week, and the house is empty except for me. I, I, I haven't been drinking vodka. You've been drinking vodka. Leave me alone. Get off my back. <laughs> <laughs> what's the temperature in michigan so we can all be jealous uh when i was outside mowing the lawn today it was between 81 and 84 uh, i knew it i knew it was gonna be nice and comfortable <laughs> and back by popular demand we have the joe crow how's it going sir hey everybody irving <laughs> popular my accountant it's an old 60s joke <laughs> all right so <laughs> this is my first this is my first time sharing a podcast with joe and i not disappointed so far so have you, not, have you never been on with joe before nope yes you, you have i have you have oh you was have. i in captain game show mm-hmm. oh okay yeah, yeah. My, okay i'm sorry sorry joe my first cosmic potato with joe well, we, um, when, when you try to block them out, I understand. I do the same. <laughs> I didn't have his face on Captain Game Show. I can see him now. <laughs> With Captain Game Show, it's so intense. We're all so focused on not <laughs> abjectly failing, and, um, which I frequently do on that show. And so I, I don't keep track of anybody that I spend the podcast. So uh, I understand. I completely understand. It's all a blur. (laughs) (laughs) Our topic tonight is going to be uh, movie court. And this is a topic that's based on something that uh, Joe did at Magic City Con. And I'm assuming you're going to do it at Dragon Con this year as well, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's it's basically people's court for bad movies. And I'll explain it a little little more when we get into it. But um, before we get into that there's some other stuff that i want to cover first first i want to plug a new project that i'm working on so if you listen to the other shows on the network then you probably know uh troy wood he's one of the hosts at uh, on uh, world war g and we're doing a new show together called the mayberry files and it's <laughs> files with a ph and uh we're watching and reviewing all of the andy griffith show and we released our first episode this week uh, we we took a look at the backdoor pilot that uh, Andy Griffith was on an episode of Make Room for Daddy, where he plays Andy Taylor. You know, so uh, aka the the Danny Thomas show, Make Room for Daddy, kind of the same show. What were you saying, Virginia? Oh, I just said I had no idea. Like my dad is a diehard Andy Griffith fan, and his dad, and I I had never heard there was a backdoor pilot. 
Mm-hmm. Learn something yeah. every day. The end of the I, show I, was I know, I know the show, Make Room for Daddy. I, I didn't watch it much, but I remember it. And I had no idea that that's where Andy Taylor first showed up. That was news to me, too. Yeah. Yeah, season seven, I think, of Make Room for Daddy. Make Room for Daddy, they 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 changed the name of the show in the third season. It was it turned into the Danny Thomas show, but yeah, they did a uh, they did a backdoor pilot with with Andy Griffith, and uh, and it, it wasn't he was playing Andy Taylor, and he was a small town sheriff, but it wasn't it wasn't really the Andy Griffith show. You didn't have all of the other characters. You had Andy, you had Opie. And you had the lady that played Aunt B played a different character in this episode and everything. But, you know, so we, we broke down that episode on the first episode of the Mayberry Files. And then uh, next week we'll be releasing our second episode where we actually talk about the official first episode of the Andy Griffith show. So, so the plan is to go through the entire series and hopefully eventually make it into even Mayberry RFD if anybody's ever heard of that show. <laughs> and uh not Gomer Pile USMC. You gotta get to Gome. It's too much. It's too much. It's too much. Because I mean, that's another five because we're only doing two episodes a month. Uh-huh. So it's it's already I mean if we if we stick that schedule, it's gonna be like ten years before we get through the series. <laughs> so that's yeah, Gomer Pile is uh that may be a little too much of a undertaking, but you know we'll see. Um, I also want to review a couple of things. So, and I'm going to do this spoiler free, very spoiler free. <laughs> you know, you're because me that. and John have failed. I, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to spoil it because we broke our Marvel cards. I'm not because I I want to. There are things about Spider-Man: Far From Home that I really want to talk about. But I'm not going to because I'm the only one here that's seen it. And I don't want to spoil it for you guys. And I don't want to spoil it. If, if any of you guys had seen it, then we would do like a spoiler-filled episode or whatever and, and just warn the audience that they're spoilers. But since you guys haven't seen it either, then I'm not going to do that. We'll do that in another episode. I would say I'm very, very scared. Because, <laughs> because I think sometimes you, things that you don't think of as spoilers, I consider. Spoilers. I'm not even going to get into yeah. the plot. I'm not even going to get into the plot. I'm just going to say that there is nothing bad that I can say about this movie. I thought that it, I thought that this movie was a fantastic follow up to Endgame. I like the way that Marvel, um, you know, when they have their kind of heavy movies like Infinity War and Endgame. They follow that up with something fun. You know, like they followed up Infinity War with Ant-Man and the Wasp, which is lighthearted and fun. And they followed up Endgame with uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. So, Would you uh, say it's a better movie than Homecoming? I would say it is uh, on par with Homecoming. I, I don't know if I would say it's better. I would say it's a, as good, at least, you know. Um I had forgotten. I haven't seen Homecoming since it came out, so I had forgotten how much of Homecoming was like a John Hughes teen comedy, mm-hmm. you know. And and I was reminded of that watching this because the 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 other the other teens, the other characters, they had a lot to do in this movie, and I I, I like that. Um, and also. I will say that, uh, that, that you know what that's all I'm gonna say. Samuel, <laughs> Samuel L. 
Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> Sean could sense my sphincter tightening. No, no, no. <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson is in the movie more than you think he would be. Uh, I was expecting him to just be have a cameo because they, they showed him in the trailer. So I was expecting that to be the scene that he's in. But he's in it a lot more than that. Um, and uh, I guess they're, they're kind of making up because, you know, in Homecoming, they had Robert Downey Jr. in the movie a lot. And uh, and I guess they're making up for that. They want to have another Avenger level uh, character showing up a lot throughout the movie. So they uh, so Samuel Jackson is that character, I guess. And it had great effects. It had a good, engaging plot. Uh, out of five spider webs, I give it four. Four solid. It's a solid four. Um. So yeah. That's all I'm going to say about it. Uh, in two weeks or so, when we do our next episode, we'll do a, like a, four, a full spoiler review. So by that time, Scott will have seen it. John will have seen it. Joe will probably have seen it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if Rick has seen it or not, but I'm sure he'll have seen it by then. Uh, so we'll have, we'll have Rick on. And uh, Virginia? You don't really you don't really go watch Marvel movies that much. Right? We're still catching up on them because I hadn't started watching them till like this year. Um, and we just finished the first Gardens, Guardians of the Galaxy this past weekend. So I think we're Did up to the age of Ultron. I just I didn't really like it. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's so boring. No, of course not. I thought you were going to say it was stupid. <laughs> stupid I'd accept, but boring. That's surprising. It's it, I, I like it. <laughs> I mean, I laughed, but it was just, it wasn't exactly what I expected. Like, I enjoyed the other Marvel movies more, so I guess I was expecting more, and it just kind of let me down. And I'm like, hmm. I can see that. It, it, it is a departure from the formula. Uh, so, if, if I can see that. But I did laugh a lot. There was a lot of good stuff in there. I will say that um, if you go see Far From Home, it's not going to spoil any of the other Marvel movies except for Endgame. You need to, you oh, need to except have, for the major one. Yeah. Sure. It, that, that, that's, that, that's the thing. It, it will it will spoil Endgame for you, so you don't have to have seen all the other Marvel movies to see that. But you really have to have seen all the other Marvel movies to watch Endgames. <laughs> yeah, no. Not all of them. I, no. I, I mean, I, I made a list. I would say you. Really, I'd say you only have to have to have seen um, Infinity War. To get in game, like you'll you won't get everything in it, but yeah. but you'll follow the the plot itself. If you have not seen any other Marvel movie, um, like the the little touchstones and stuff won't mean as much, but you'll you'll be able to follow the plot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think if, if if you go into Infinity War without having ever seen uh, a Marvel movie before, you won't drown. But you won't swim very well either. <laughs> and uh, why are these webs coming out of his hands? <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> and the other thing that's out now that ha- that I've uh, watched recently is uh, Stranger Things season three came out on the fourth of July, and I watched the whole thing. Well, I mean, it's only eight episodes, so uh, but I watched the whole thing over the weekend. I was a little hesitant going in because season two wasn't as good for me as season one. Mm-hmm. Um, but season three, I think it's the best season so far. I think it was 
really good. I and really liked it as well. Have you watched the whole thing? We watched, yeah, we watched the whole thing that day that it came out. And okay. I mean, there were things that I didn't like about it. Like I'm thinking on his name, Hopper. Why is Hopper such an asshole? But um, <laughs> I mean, that's true. But yeah. he seemed a little extra season. But overall, very interesting. I was like held by the storyline and everything. So yeah. I liked it. I, I mean, we got some new characters. Uh, we got some really good development on some old characters. There were new monsters. The Russians are in it. I mean, what you can't have a show set in the eighties without eventually involving the Russians, right? So. Uh, <laughs> and the mall that they built for oh this. Oh my god, the mall was everything. I, it was I loved it. Per- perfectly 80s. It looked exactly like Eastwood Mall from when I was a kid. <laughs> oh, dang. No, it did look like more. Eastwood Mall. Now, I, yeah. I've never seen a single episode of Stranger Things of any of the seasons. I just haven't gotten around to it. It's on my list and I will watch it. But here's we're talking about an 80s mall, so I have to ask do they have. Little ashtrays in the mall next to the wastebaskets with like the white sand in it, so people can smoke <laughs> in the mall. I have to go back and pay there, more attention. There was yeah, a lot of, there was a lot of smoking everywhere. So. Yeah, there is a lot of smoking. That, yeah. There was a story that came out this week that said that Netflix is going to cut back on some of the smoking in, yeah. the, in, in shows like Stranger Things. You're not going to see as much smoking next season as you did because Hopper smokes a lot, you know. And so does Joyce. Yeah. And they're gonna and 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 that's not the only show. They're There's, just gonna be walking so, around with nicotine so, patches or something. <laughs> yeah, uh, season four confirmed. Oh, I, I'm I I haven't I heard anything official, but I can't so. see. It, it broke records. More people yeah. have watched the entire season of Stranger Things in the first four days after it was released than have uh, than have binge watched anything else in history in the history of Netflix. So and, and it, you know. Probably not a bad idea to release it on a day that everybody's off work, too. Yeah. Well, I didn't even watch it until the next day because, I mean, I was off on the 4th, but I had a lot to do. (laughs) (laughs) So we, uh, you know, we had the the, by the time the fireworks are over and you get home, it's almost midnight. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I got home uh, late on the 4th and I was all sweaty. I'd been outside all day and I was like. I'm supposed to release an episode of Captain Game Show. <laughs> and I, I wasn't going to say anything, Sean. I texted it up. <laughs> I texted John and I was like, it'll come out in the morning. <laughs> I released it as soon as I got up the next morning. Perfectly fine. Uh, Maya Hawk is in season three. And if you don't know who she is, she is the daughter of Uma Thurman and Ethan Hawk. What? And she she plays the girl that works oh. at the ice cream place. Okay. Yeah. And cool. then um, Carrie Elways is there as well, playing the mayor. Mayor Larry. I don't. Was he in the last season? I don't remember seeing no. him. He's a new no, character. He, he is a new character. Yeah. yeah. All right. Has anybody else seen anything that they want to um, tell us about before we go into the topic? Um, we've been watching the season two of, and I never know how to pronounce it. It's either Agretsuko or Agretsuko, but we've been watching that um, a little bit slower because we have to read the subtitles. But <laughs> it's very, it's very entertaining, especially if you're like a a weird office vibe and 
need to get some of the energy out by death metal. I really like it. I recommend it. <laughs> my, my wife enjoys it. And uh, she watched the first season and uh, we had a little bit of time earlier this week. So uh, she wanted to watch it and I was just going to be like, you know, in the room. Uh, she brought home food and that's a good way to lure me to the television. Uh, <laughs> and she had the remote first, so she gets to drive. So, uh, I had seen a few episodes of the first season and I ended up seeing like the first three or four episodes of this new season of, um, and it's a Gretzuko. Gotcha. Okay. Unless, unless I'm getting it very wrong. I think the, the emphasis is on the second. Um, but it, that, that show is just adorable. Uh, I've seen a few episodes. I saw the first few episodes. I liked them, but it's it's like you and Stranger Things. It's, it's it like I'll, 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 I intend to get around to it, but there's a lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I was I was uh, talking to Scott this morning on uh, Facebook, and I said, "Yeah, we're gonna talk just a little bit about season three of Stranger Things." And he's like, oh, "Stranger Things, I haven't seen it yet." And I was like, "What? That show was made for you, man." <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Uh, I, I would be interested to hear what you think after you finish the first season. I think I think you're gonna love it. I'll, I'll I'll try to push it up on my list. I know I I can't really explain why, but lately I have been I, I have felt compelled less to watch television than I normally do. Um, I've been doing more like just some uh, leisure time Facebook stuff or. Uh, reading or trying to up my uh you know twitter presence and my networking things like that i've just taken less time to watch tv even this week when i'm home alone and no work to go to i think the only time that i've sat down in front of the television was to play a little bit of star trek online i didn't even watch anything any viewing that i've been you didn't, doing you didn't watch home alone no. <laughs> <laughs> but that's hilarious i'm <laughs> laughing inside i can tell that reminds um, me. Go ahead. Go ahead. And, and any viewing that I've been doing lately has been either a uh, a rewatch of uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation or a continuing rewatch of Stargate SG One. Just I'll you know put it on in the background usually while I'm doing something else. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I, yeah. I've gotten. I don't know what it is. I guess it's because I'm I'm kind of sleep deprived. <laughs> you know, I, I work, I work, uh, I work uh, another job on the weekends that that is a night job, and uh, you know, I, I've gotten to the point where if I start to read, I fall asleep. So, it, in the last year, I've probably read about four pages. <laughs> the same four pages. Yeah, I've I've been in that place for about fifteen years. Yeah. Yeah, I used to read all the time. I mean, I, but just yeah, in the last couple of years, it's just it's been very hard to focus on reading anything without just dozing off. But all right. Oh, the, when John mentioned Home Alone, that reminded me of a story that I heard over the weekend that uh, Ryan Reynolds is kind of remaking Home Alone, but it's going to be about a stoner. Oh my so god! It's going to be called Stoned Alone. Oh my god! <laughs> But it's basically the same plot as Home Alone, but it's about a grown dude that's just high. And I think that the people that are breaking into his house are 
illusions or hallucinations or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> if you had said that James Franco was making that, I would have, I would have believed it. Ryan Reynolds, now I'm skeptical. <laughs> see, I, 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 we'll Maybe see. what they oh, should I, do is instead of doing Stone Alone two and three, which inevitably this is going to be a mega <laughs> franchise, have each um, each successive sequel be another weird altered state. The next movie will be Drunk Alone. Yeah. And the third movie will be. Um, Dumped alone. Uh, wh- wh- whacked out on goofballs alone. Bath uh, <laughs> salts alone. <laughs> yep. It'll just or get they worse do the, and worse. They do the classic. The, the, there was a thing that they used to do in the 80s where uh, when they would make a sequel to a movie as a cash grab, but they didn't have the original star, they would call it like Teen Wolf, but it would be T-O-O instead of the number two. You know, like this is Teen Wolf 2. Even though it's not the same guy, you know, it's just it's another Teen Wolf. So, so Jason Bateman. Yeah. Hey, Jason Bateman is awesome. Everything that he comes up in, I'm like, yeah, he's pretty hilarious. <laughs> uh, not Teen Wolf too. <laughs> yeah, no, not Teen Wolf too. <laughs> uh, okay, let's do movie court. So. We've all brought some examples of films that are generally considered, usually considered to be bad, and we're going to make an argument as to why they are actually good movies. And after we put that out there, then the others here on the panel will either, they'll either agree with us that yes, it is a good movie, or they will make their arguments as to why no, it's as terrible movie. I object, you know, that kind of thing. And Joe is here to play judge and he will, <laughs> he will make a verdict as to whether or not that movie is crap. I have brought my official judge's gavel. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't wear your robe. Your poofy, oh, well, poofy wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hang on. Oh, he's he's going to put on the robe. <laughs> oh wow. my God. That's dedication right there. Yeah. If you're listening to the podcast, you need to go check out the YouTube channel because Joe is putting on the robe. <laughs> Are those wizard robes? This is a this is a Nature Boy Ric Flair robe. <laughs> yes, it is. Wait, wait. No, 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 let me see if I. Oh, right. Can you show Woo! us the? Bed? That's it. That's it. The baby's sleeping in the other room. I can't get too loud. <laughs> Can you show us the back? Let me see if I can show you the back. Hold on. I'm just going to take it off and show you the back. What? Sorry if I blew up way for him on that, guys. The back says Nature Boy. It says, it says Ric Flair. Look at that. <laughs> that <is laughs> it's awesome. the best. It's the best of all robes. Okay. Ah. So, uh,. Virginia, you want to go first? We'll say ladies first. You want to bring us a movie that a lot of people think are bad is, is a bad movie, but you don't think it it really is. Um. Okay. So, <laughs> um, the first one that I have down is um Star Trek Five: The Final Frontier. That's the same I, one I brought oh, up. We did, this, we did this at a at a panel at Magic City Con, and that was the same one that I came up with. <laughs> all right. 
Y'all keep freezing, so I missed what y'all just said. Sorry. Uh, I, I said we did we did this as a panel. Joe did this as a panel at Magic City Con, and that's oh, the same okay. movie that I came up with. <laughs> so I think it's, I mean, kind of the whole finding the center of the universe is. I really like it as um, you get to really see the friendship between Kirk and Spock and Bones throughout the whole movie like you start out in the camping scene and then um you find out later in the movie well maybe they don't know as much about each other as they thought and you know you have this scene with um where cyborg is showing them their past or the mistakes they've made or whatever and you know at the end they're back in the camping scene and i just think it really shows a lot more of the relationship than we get in the other movies and also Bones has some amazing one-liners like, you don't ask the Almighty for his ID. I mean, how <laughs> can you not love that? That's all I'm saying. And that's really all. I, I wasn't sure how long my defense should be. <laughs> no, 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 that's fine. Uh, the, yeah, and then we'll we'll either agree with you or, or make objections. But I tend to agree because I made I made the same argument when we did this at the convention in that uh, – there's the, the 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 main thing that I said was that number one, if you don't have Star Trek five in your box set, then part of the enterprise is missing in that picture. <laughs> <laughs> then, valid argument. And valid then uh, and then the other one was <laughs> that uh, it is a gold mine for trivia questions because no one ever gets them <laughs> because that's the Star Trek yeah, movie that every that everybody yeah. skip, skips. So. But I I went back and watched Star Trek Five not too long ago, and uh, it's not. I mean, I have seen worse movies. I've I've seen worse movies. <laughs> it's. I mean, as far as the Star Trek movies go, it's 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 the last in the line. It would be the last one that I would watch. But uh, it's it's not that terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so. John Scott, it's pretty terrible. <laughs> <laughs> now I, I'm not going to say that it's uh, beyond redemption, um, but there's a lot wrong with it, and the the potential that it had to be uh, among the generally considered good Star Trek movies, they they missed out on a lot of it. Um, the the script. It was quite shaky, um, and I like to believe that Shatner did the best he could with what he had as far as directing, but I just a lot of things missed the mark. There's no, there's not a whole lot of, you know, really memorable shots in the movie that that you remember that visual and it sticks with you like there are with some of the other movies, except for seeing Uhura doing her naked fan dance from a distance. Okay. That's the visual that people come away with that. And the, and the three boobed cat lady from the bar, that's what people remember as far as the visuals go. Um, but aside from, uh, aside from introducing Marshmallow into the vernacular and, <laughs> Bones line at the beginning. God, I liked him better before he died. Oh my God. That's so great. I, you know, great line. Uh, marshmallows, the, the little, uh, marshmallow, um, 
dispenser that Spock had, they sold that in the stores. If you bought Jet Puff yeah. marshmallows, you could get the dispenser, and we had one. Um, but that's really all you can really take away from from the film. I, the, the script isn't great. I don't know what they were thinking with the costumes. They just the production design seemed very drab. Just so many things about it could have been so much better uh, if they had kept the story and the script, but just made the movie better, like from a production standpoint, then that really could have brought it up several notches. Um, and it, it wouldn't necessarily be such, uh, such a, a choice of deciding, okay, what's going to go at the bottom of my list? Is it going to be Star Trek five or insurrection? Hmm. <laughs> Nemesis. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And see, I, I'm in I'm in the boat of people that li- I like insurrections, <laughs> but Star Trek Five, I think I, I, I will think clear this courtroom. If I, clear. Uh, <laughs> order in the court, I'll have a ham and cheese on the ride. Um, if I remember correctly, Star Trek Five, for some reason, they took a lot of money away from the budget before they started shooting. So uh, Paramount started taking money from the budget. So they 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 had a script and they had an idea of what they wanted to do and then they weren't able to do much of it because they lost a lot of money before they were actually started making the movie. And it seems like Shatner really took some um some was trying to take some cues from Star Wars because there was a lot of you know there was a there was a cantina a cantina type scene and mm-hmm. um there was some sound effects that sounded like they were taken straight from Lucasfilms. Uh, some phaser blasts that sound a lot like blasters from Star Wars, <laughs> you know, uh, things like that. But yeah, Shatner, if they had picked a different director, I think they could have gotten a better movie out of it. Well, uh, Shatner's, obviously. <laughs> yeah, Shatner's not, directing is not his forte. No. John, you're sitting there all silent. What's your, you have an argument? And you just, <laughs> disagree. I, I remember. I remember. I remember the Uhura scene since you mentioned it. Uh, <laughs> I vaguely remember the, the three boobed lady. Uh, I'm I'm sure I've seen it once, and that's all I can tell. You. Uh, so uh, I vote yay, <laughs> I'm sure it was fine. Are you making your dogs watch it right now? <laughs> no. You know the camping scene I really like. It's corny, but I really like the camping scene at the beginning of, of the movie. I do not like the mountain the climbing, the mountain climbing scene, huh? Who was the villain in Star Trek Five? Spock's half brother, Cybok. Yeah, no, don't remember it. Um, I, I know enough about it just based on conversations that I've had with all of you. <laughs> yeah. But at the beginning, you know, Kirk is climbing that mountain and Spock comes up with uh, rocket boots. Rocket boots, yeah. And when and when Kirk falls off, Spock like puts his hands up in the air like he's gonna fly like Superman and turns and turns upside down and and goes down with the rocket. That's that's not how rocket boots work. (laughs) Like rocket boots are a real thing. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. All right, Joe. What's the what's the verdict? Uh, movie court is dividing this case into two, uh, two parts. Uh, 
and the part of the case where um, we're talking just about McCoy and just about the camping scene and just about the human parts, the 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 um, the cast members interrelationships with each other. That part is not guilty of being a bad movie. Uh, however, the what does God need with a starship? <laughs> the uh, the 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 three boob cat lady, the mm, letting William Shatner do whatever he wants when that's not necessarily justified. Guilty as charged. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John, you want to go next? I'll go next. All right. Uh, the, uh, yeah, let's do this one. Green Lantern. Oh. <laughs> and I was trying to get Scott while he was. I, I couldn't quite get a spit take. <laughs> uh, so here's the thing. Um, Green Lantern came out, you know, after there have been several successful Marvel films. Everybody loves Ryan Reynolds. Had a nice budget, had good actors. Everyone was expecting much, much more. If you go in cold, if you go in fresh, Green Lantern is fine. It's not the best movie in the world, but it's fine. It's an okay film. The The effects are good. The plot is fine. <laughs> the characters are engaging. I'm not I'm not saying it's great. I'm not saying it's I'm just saying it's not terrible. Like people That's all right. It, uh, shit uh, a uh, lot on Green Lantern. On the record, will be stenographer note that is two it's not terribles. <laughs> in defense of movies tonight. That may be the only defense we have for some of these. Perhaps, perhaps I misunderstood the assignment. Counselor, no, please continue. No, I, I I watched Green Lantern and I thought that it was fine. I was entertained. But, you know, to hear people tell it, it's the there are many really, really, really terrible comic book movies out there. And Green Lantern just doesn't deserve to be among them. It's, um, I liked it. I, I, again, it's not the best movie, but especially, especially when you compare it to other DC movies at the time, it, is, <laughs> it, is, uh, it rises green heads and shoulders above the rest. <laughs> the, 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 the biggest failure of Green Lantern is that it, yeah, it's better than comic book movies like, like steel or maybe <laughs> <laughs> Superman. Yeah. Well, that, 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 that is a whole entire different case. Counselor, yeah. please. <laughs> <laughs> it, but it came out post Iron Man. So it has, I don't know. Iron Man kind of set the standard because the MCU kind of was built from that. Right. And so when and you come was, out, when DC comes out with a movie after that, when there's such, there, there's such, because it came out in what, 2013, 2014, something like that. So you're talking, the, well, you are talking about the same time as like Thor, the dark world. So Thor, the dark world, the uh, grand green lantern is not worse than Thor, the dark world. <laughs> No, it's 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 not, and it's like visually it is darker than I think it should be. But I mean, that's really 
it's really it's it, the movie is fine. It's it's really okay. I think the I feel like Green Lantern suffers from um, um, inflated expectations. Um, if, again, if you take it on its own, even if you're a Green Lantern fan, it's still an it's an okay movie. Maybe it was a dumb choice to make his suit uh, CG. Okay, and again, it's visually dark. Okay, but it. it the plot goes along fine. The acting's fine. The chemistry's fine. It's, you know, at worst, it's fine, which is not, and it does not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Bayless? <laughs> uh, pet comedy. Um, yeah, so that's that. Yeah. <laughs> does anybody have any objections? Uh, yeah. I'm abstaining because I I have not seen it. I've and I mean to be to tell the truth, I've only seen about the first half of it. And the the the, the, the biggest the biggest I, I said the biggest failure more than once in this. It was boring. It I mean it to me the special effects were not bad because I mean it was it was better than a lot of what was coming out at the time. Uh, I, it was would, it was I worse would, than. Go ahead. Um, I would object to that because I would say if you've only seen the first half, obviously you see it before it ramps up. I yeah, guess. I mean you're seeing you if you saw the first half, basically that's uh, that's introducing the characters. He got the ring and he just got to. I don't remember if he went to Oa, but wherever wherever he went to get his Green Lantern training. So that's know. that's before that's before the training, that's before the big fight, that's before a lot of the stuff happened. Yeah. Okay. Oh. <laughs> and I, I I will object mildly. Um I I will admit that, you know, just taken just on its own, it's not a horrible movie. <laughs> but when you fact when you factor in that uh, they already had uh, a few frameworks to to reference, not copy, but to just you know look back on and refer to in other decent comic book movies, uh, they should have been able to construct a a more streamlined, uh, more cohesive film than what we got. Um, I mean, you got if it's a film that's introducing such a large character as Green Lantern and also introducing the entire Green Lantern core all in one movie, then, you know, pick a villain and stick with it. And maybe not a villain that is the personification of fear itself, like Parallax. Maybe just have it be Henshaw, um, played by whichever Skarsgård they had lying around studio that that we um, <laughs> who I I I was not pulled in by that villain. I was not entertained. I was not engaged by him. Uh and then you get uh such uh wild uh playing with uh with the reality of physics like when Hal first has the ring and he takes the one swing and the huge green fist hits all those other guys. Guess what? Hal, you just killed a bunch of guys. Because look what it did to them. There's no way that they're going to be walking away from that. And then, uh, the, produ- the, then the producers decide to uh, commit some severe overreaching by trying to make the the entire suit CG instead of making an actual like you know 
suit made of cloth like sure. Green Lantern actually wears. Uh, just a lot of these decisions that they made came together not in the best way. And a lot of it, I will admit, comes down to uh, expectations. And I'm going to have to let the judge decide whether or not that is uh, whether or not that warrants a guilty verdict. Uh, Green Lantern. Uh, uh, Jonah Hex, it ain't. I will admit <laughs> that. But um, with with a character so rich and beloved as Hal Jordan, if you're going to turn that into a movie, then you you got to do it right because you know, a lot of people are going to be looking forward to it. There's going to be a lot of expectations and you need to come closer to those expectations than it did. So it's not that the quality was so low, but the bar was so high and the distance between the bar and where they actually reached. That's where the problem comes in. I think, yeah, I mean, I feel like we're saying the same thing, but I'm, I, I think the spin is I'm, I'm, I'm using it to defend it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would also say, um, you, you make you make a fair point about um, the complexity of the plot and the villain, but in this one, you know, Sinestro is introduced and he's still an ally by the end of the film. So clearly, they had a larger plan in mind, you know, for the scope and the sequels, you know, for this film. If they if they knew that they were going to do a one and done Green Lantern movie, they probably would have just made Sinestro the villain. So. Uh, you know, is it is it wrong to hope for too much? Is it wrong <laughs> if they are guilty of anything? Objection, <laughs> Your Honor. He's uh, he's touring with our emotions. <laughs> that is not against the rules. If they were guilty of anything, it was hubris. If they were guilty of anything, <laughs> it was hope. They <laughs> hoped that they would have more than one uh, film to tell their story. They hoped that the comic book populace would be more forgiving. <laughs> and and uh, you know what? Let's try a CGI suit. Let's try this. Let's try that. Doesn't every there. movie maker hope that? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what was it? Their, their, their goals out exceeded their grasp or whatever they 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 took a lot of i wouldn't even say big risks they took a lot of small risks and some of them didn't work but again overall on its own it's not a bad movie okay judge okay uh testimony that um was not delivered by uh the counselors was that uh, includes such testimony as um, so. So I cannot rule on the following testimony. Uh, Deadpool went back in time and fixed all this. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> and so all of our criticism, all of the counselors' criticisms, were fixed by Deadpool. So that would have been an easy not guilty. However. That, that's that actually why I didn't bring that up. Evidence was not presented to I, me. I, didn't want to, <laughs> I, I intentionally did not bring that up for that reason. So, uh, based on the um, giant-headed villain Hector Hammond, <laughs> <laughs> and um, and I and the the court understands if you have never had a Green Lantern film before, and you have 
two hours to do a Green Lantern film, maybe you feel like I have to put every single thing <laughs> I have in my Green Lantern bucket <laughs> into this movie. And that is what they did. And and I get it. But um, I feel that uh, the counselor, Mr. 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 Irons, Esquire, um, um, I I believe that uh, I believe that your fire and brimstone rhetoric, your soaring metaphors, (laughs) I believe that um, I believe that I'm going to have to render it not guilty of being a bad movie. Thank you. All right. Scott, go ahead with your your until we uh, sidebar until we have (laughs) another Green Lantern movie. I feel that it is best that we render it guilty for now, but not with extreme prejudice. We can revisit this at a later date. If that seems any fair. other Green Lantern thing ever happens, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's on probation. <laughs> At least he, he didn't have to stoop to the the Deadpool defense to win on technicality. So there's. I, that. That, I, I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to do that. It did occur to me. I appreciate right. your uh, candor. <laughs> All right, Scott, go ahead with yours. Okay, I'm going to start with uh, the the one that I want to see uh, exonerated the most. Uh, so leading with my best. Uh, and this would be the the classic. Hold on a second. I, I got it uh, got around here somewhere. Uh, from 19. Come on. Oh, nope. I don't have it on there. Uh, from somewhere in the 80s, I assume, the, the, the wonderful, the classic Canon Films production hmm. of Masters of the Universe. <laughs> Not guilty. <laughs> just kidding. Please we, we, can, we can talk because it's on my list, too. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm coming in with a with a Rotten Tomatoes score of uh, 17% from the critics and audience score of 40%. Uh, most people seem to think that this movie is bad. Um, now, I know that there's also plenty of people like me who uh, set aside the fact that it's from canon films. They set aside the production troubles. They set aside the casting of uh, Dolph Lundgren and their complaints that he can't uh, speak clear English. Um, uh, they, a lot of people like me set that aside and say it's a good movie, but I think that it's just a, a, a very nice movie across the board. It's not amazing. It's not going to, it's not going to blow your mind, but it's a perfectly serviceable film. I will start, however, with the things that are not so great about it. Um, uh, the fact that a film based on such, uh, such a sci a heavy sci-fi I'm um, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um I had to step away for just a moment. I heard Dolph Lundgren, bad accent. Um a film based on sci-fi. Are we talking He-Man? We are. Okay. We're actually <laughs> um um actually the name of the film is Masters, Masters of, of the, the Universe, Universe, right? Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um do not interrupt the counselor again. 
for a film that was based on uh, an animated sci-fi property like He-Man and the Masters of the Universe uh, set on an entirely different world, it did end up giving the film a bit of a a bit of a cop-out feel by setting most of it on Earth. Though you can understand that due to budgetary constraints, they couldn't do the whole thing on on huge, massive sets. They needed to save a little bit of money here and there. So uh, they set the movie on Earth, and in addition to saving money, that also helps for non-cartoon fans, people who are new to the franchise, it gives them an entry point by letting them have uh, a you know, a couple human POV characters um, to serve as the audience surrogates. So the the cheapness kind of hurts it a little bit, but it, it still services the movie. Um, and then there are other ways in which they, in which they cut corners. Uh, some of the, some of the costumes, maybe not the best, some of the special effects, not as polished as they could be, even considering it was made when it was made. Um, and then of course there's the, the final fight scene, which they were, preparing to film um in a you know a, a large expansive well choreographed duel between he-man and skeletor and someone from uh the studio came up to the camera and held a piece of paper in front of the camera saying you're done shut it down because they were out of money <laughs> so <laughs> they had to scramble and they ended up throwing together a quick low budget sword and staff fight scene between He-Man and Skeletor, filming it in low light, uh, barely rehearsed, and that's what ended up in the final film. But it still works. It's that That's not awful. It's just filmed in a style not like what you would expect for a movie like that. And those are those are the negatives. Then we get on to the positives. The, the soundtrack is better than you think, really. Go back and listen to the opening theme without watching the rest of the movie. Just listen to that uh, you know opening title theme. It's it, it, It's pretty baller. Um, Does it have synth music? Not that I can recall. I think it was all uh, full orchestral. Okay. Um, now, people might complain about how Dolph Lundgren sounds, but you can say he doesn't look the part. He definitely looks like He-Man, considering his build and the hair. And those who complain that uh, his accent is too heavy, even though he they gave him three chances to go back and redub all of his lines in post-production. <laughs> and the third go is what they went with. So that was him filming and having two times in the recording booth to go over the dialogue to get this one right. And this is still how it came out. And it's not the clearest English, but you still understand what he's saying. It's fine. Shut up. And besides, he's got a master's degree in chemical engineering. He's a third Thank Don you. Black Belt in karate. He was a European karate champion for 1980 and 81. And he was awarded a Fulbright scholarship to MIT before Grace Jones convinced him to drop out of school and move to New York to become Objection. an actor. Relevancy, Your Honor. <laughs> the fact that if he can accomplish all that, we can forgive him for not having the cleanest English that you've ever heard in a movie. That's the relevance. And the final the, the, the final positive for this film, Frank Langella, your honor, need I expound upon that? <laughs> uh, you need not. Uh, Frank Langella as Skeletor is a delight. It, it, is, it, is, it is just, mm, it's, nah. continue, sir. <laughs> um, 
a- absolutely the best part of the film. He is. Um, his speech at the end as he is uh, opening up the doors so the great eye of the universe can shine upon him. And he delivers that wonderful monologue as he is receiving and achieving that power. I made my stepson sit down and watch this film uh, with my wife and I. Uh, this was this was probably four or five years ago. Um, so he was, I, I think he was not yet 10. And I know that with a film this old, a nine-year-old is going to have some trouble staying engaged and staying focused. But before Skeletor began that monologue, I paused the film and I turned to him and I said, okay, I need you to watch the screen. I need you to close your mouth because this is seriously the best part of the movie. That's how good Frank Langella is. And he's still to this day, if you ask him in an interview, what is your favorite role that you've ever played? He's going to say Skeletor. Defense rests. I have. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so I, I I agree that this is not a bad movie. It, it was actually on my list. It was one of the movies I was going to bring up. So I'll bring up the points that I had. Uh, you can argue that the movie has horrible special effects. You can argue that it had the budget of a Saturday Night Live sketch, <laughs> and it's it's not really clear as to why it was greenlit in the first place, other than you know. To sell, you know, to sell more toys. <laughs> um, but you have to, you have to hand it to Frank Langella. He later won an Oscar, not for this, but he did win an Oscar. <laughs> he was an Oscar winning actor. Uh, he gave a lot of a lot of what I love about this movie is nostalgia because I loved He-Man when I was growing when I was a kid. And the fact that they made a live action movie based off of a cartoon that I watched every day was a big deal for me. And Frank Langella as Skeletor was terrifying because Skeletor was a comical character. He was an idiot. He was Cobra Commander, you know, basically. (laughs) And Frank Langella played him as a real villain, even though he was wearing a party city Halloween mask. He still oh, don't, act, don't, don't, don't poop on the mask. That, that makeup, that makeup was looking good. Okay. Maybe it didn't look like an actual bone skull, but yeah. Well, that, well Skeletor also had muscles, you know, so that, that, that makeup was, was pretty creeptastic. Yeah. I mean, that's what the eyes, the eyes are what did it. And it was his eyes and he acted with his eyes. But, uh, but yeah, those are my arguments. I I agree that this is not a horrible movie. Virginia, have you ever seen Masters of the Universe? I have not. Okay, I don't you need know to put, if this really came you need to put it on your list. list. <laughs> uh, I will say I've never seen it. Um, <gasps> hey, uh, Your Honor, uh, based on the fact that the other counselors <laughs> have not even seen the film, I, I move for a dis- ro- I move uh, for a dismissal. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I feel like I I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm considering hook. dismissing the other counselors. <laughs> well, in my defense, I've only ever heard there was a terrible film. <laughs> and and actually, who and, are you talking to? Well, well, Objection! Wait, hearsay. A terrible film. <laughs> I'm not saying that it's a terrible film. I'm saying I've only ever heard that it's a terrible film. I reserve judgment as I have not seen it. 
full full disclosure to to uh, to the court. And um, while uh, counsel is making their arguments, I turned on my Roku, and because I remember, I thought that I had seen that it is available on something that I have, and in fact, it is. So, uh, Masters of the Universe is on Amazon Prime. So it is if you if you subscribe to that service, it is a it is available for review, um, and I'll probably be watching it within the next day or two. For what it's worth. <laughs> All right, Judge. Uh, one, once again, um, testimony that I um, cannot allow because it was not presented to me in its defense. It contained the uh, the song "Living in a Box" by the band, also called "Living in a Box." <laughs> wow! Which contained the lyric "Living in a Box," living in a cardboard, a cardboard box. box. <laughs> but I, I cannot I cannot add that to the defense, so I, I cannot consider box. that as evidence. Also, at in the in one of the court's other positions at the Dragon Con uh, American Sci-Fi Classics track, I had the honor, I dare say, of having the set designer of this movie in person. And this man is like a 70s avant-garde motorcycle riding dude with a big, f- I mean, uh, in legit, this man, is his name is William Stout. And that is the most 70s name that I've ever <laughs> encountered and this dude is uh, he he built the sets from out of his brain <laughs> he designed it all himself with no help from the um the studio because they just said well we have these toys he just did the whole thing um he looked at the the, the castle grayskull and that was it <laughs> that was all he looked at and um so so this movie, as the defense counselors noted, it's He-Man. And, and also, uh, I dis- disregard both the hearsay that the movie is bad and also anyone who would say that. I will put <laughs> those people in jail. I will put them in jail tonight. That is ridiculous. This court rejects such hearsay. Is that contempt, Judge? Uh, that is Ken. I, I hold them in personal and professional contempt. <laughs> whoever whoever told Counselor Irons that this movie was bad, get, send uh, me the names of those people, and I will direct them to Sci-Fi Movie Law Enforcement. I plead the fifth, Your Honor. I I, I cannot reveal my sources. Uh huh. Uh-huh. It's uh, uh, contempt is waiting on you, sir. Uh, but um. Because of the um, testimony that I cannot consider, the testimony that I can consider uh, are the defenses of Mr. Frank Langella and his portrayal of Skeletor, which is delightful. And the uh, um, uh, they're they're just the the idea that uh, in on on a on a ninety minute VHS tape, which this show was somehow they managed to contain. Eternia and the greatness of Dolph Lundgren upon a 90-minute 90, 90 VHS tape. And also they contained, uh, uh, the, the as noted in the defense, 
the MIT scholarliness of Mr. Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> um, this movie, this, this movie has uh, no equal in the fact that Dolph Lundgren used as much of his intelligence as he possibly could in the, in this movie, and also a sword. So I render, I say this movie is not guilty of being bad, and also anyone who says it is is guilty of being a butthole. <laughs> uh, I think the only the only thing that I really don't like about Masters of the Universe is the fact that we never get to see him hold aloft his magic sword and say by the power of Grayskull, you know, and turn into He Man. Because that was such an iconic thing from the cartoon. You know, every kid that went to see this movie was waiting for him to do that, and it never happened. It's I feel like, are, are we, didn't he do that? Okay, so di- during the climax of the film, he gets his hands on the sword, and he pulls it out of the little holder that Skeletor put it in, and he raises it up, and he shouts, I have the power, but he doesn't change. He doesn't physically change. He doesn't change from Prince Adam to, yeah, and then he doesn't, he and Battle Cat's not the, even there. Yeah. Right, he is, is, you know what? He lifts it up. It, is a it, strong negative. It it shines some light. He says the words, and then he takes a pose and and faces off with uh, Skeletor before they start their fight. And then at the end of the film, when uh, um, girl from Friends and Tom Paris look at the little blue marble that they got, yeah. and they're looking at that, and camera zooms in on the marble, and it the shot takes us back to Eternia, and there's He Man in his full you know dress up clothes, which is still no shirt, but he has a cape on his shoulders now and some straps across his chest. And he's still wearing his underwear and no pants. Um, at that point, he does raise up the sword and say, I have the power. And there's a big light shining behind him along with castle Grayskull behind him. That's the closest we get to a recreation from the cartoon, mm-hmm. but he does not change from Prince Adam to he man, but I will forgive them not giving us that shot, Sean, because he was not Prince Adam in this movie. His Prince I was, Adam. I was going to ask, is persona, Prince Adam a thing in this? No, no, not even mentioned. Uh, yeah, as as he a doesn't summer. have the he, he doesn't have the 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 short bob haircut and the and the pink shirt. Right, they Sadly. they they excised Sadly. the alter ego uh, persona aspect entirely. All right, I'm going to do mine. Confession from the judge: I almost walked out when I found out there was no battle cat in this movie. But <laughs> no Orko either. Yeah, and uh, wasn't the Orko like a little gnome-looking guy? Orko was a oh, yes. like a ghost. He was a floating T-shirt and hat. Okay, it, it, with a big O. Like, well, you like know, a, a miniature fine, wizard so robe. effectively it's free, so I'm still gonna watch it. <laughs> a, a miniature <laughs> wizard robe with a miniature wizard pointy hat, and he would float around. But it would have been cost prohibitive to have a floating character like that. Yeah, in instead a movie they like got this. a real so, midget. Right, so they replaced him with Billy Barty as Wildor, yeah. the inventor. It would not so. have been cost prohibitive if they'd done it right. You get some arts and crafts and put it on a string, and then um, green up. That would have been worse. The defense and, is over. No. Why are we still litigating this case? Like, man's standing there talking in his thick accent that you can barely understand, and he's got a puppet. <laughs> like, uh, excuse me, Yoda's a puppet. Yeah, but... The, I was like my case. This, this, this has a budget. <laughs> what, what if I am the judge? 
We do not allow double jeopardy in this court. All right, let me do. Let there me do mine. There is no double jeopardy in this court. Let me do mine. Okay. Um. All right. Mine is uh, Last Action Hero from 1993. Okay. I would argue that this is not only not a bad movie. This is a great movie. It's <laughs> especially good if you're a fan of the action film genre, and if you have some knowledge of Arnold Schwarzenegger films. Because it not only plays with those tropes and parodies those tropes, it is exactly those things. <laughs> the, it, it pokes fun at action movies while it is also being a really good action movie. Uh, it had uh, some a lot of smart movie jokes like having this action character that Arnold Schwarzenegger plays meet the real Arnold Schwarzenegger in, in real life. Uh, had a movie poster that had Sylvester Stallone as the Terminator. I'd love to have that poster. I need to have that poster hanging behind me. And Charles Dance, the future Tywin Lannister, as the a creepy villain that had a fake eye that he can change out it when when the mood suits him. He had a glass eye that was a smiley face at one point, and and things like that. So the movie got a bad rap when it came out because number one, it came out opposite Jurassic Park, and it didn't have much of a chance against that T Rex of a film. And uh, and it was also marketed as a kids movie, complete with a tie-in at either Burger King or McDonald's. It had a kid in it. <laughs> Does Sean freeze for anyone else? Yes. yes. Oh, the, the, yeah, yeah, the last thing we heard you say was it, it had a kid in it. It had a kid in it. I'm glad that's the last thing you, uh, you heard me say because the next sentence would have been even more hilarious for. For, hold on, let me make sure I'm still recording. I am yes. still, still says okay. Sean is recording. I had okay, so it had a kid in it, but it also had a premature ejaculation joke. Wow! So that is definitely not a kids movie, but uh, but I would argue that it is not a bad movie. The, the I rest. Hmm. <laughs> mm. Scott, what do you think about Last Action Hero? I think I pulled a muscle in my ribs laughing at Joe calling the Masters of the Universe detractors buttholes. I object. That movie sucks. (laughs) Wow. Wow. The the script was, in in my opinion, it was half-baked. Um, the, the concept is strong, but they didn't execute it very well. Um, I don't think they did a good job of really clearly defining how the, 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 the crossover, the interaction between the quote real world and the Jack Slater film universe world, um, uh, how that really operates, um, so we're left to just kind of go along for whatever ride the movie decides to give us, whether it makes a lot of sense or not. Uh, Charles Dance, yes, he's awesome. I'm also a big fan of F. Murray Abraham, uh, who happens to be in this movie and and you know does a fine job. But at the time this film was made, Arnold Schwarzenegger had not quite developed the comedy chops. That he would, he's a funny guy. He can do funny, Mm. but he wasn't used to doing funny at this point. And it shows. 
uh, and for a film that is trying so hard to be hilarious, it, it stumbled along the way quite a bit. Um, I'm also usually not a big fan of kid actors because, uh, kid actors can't act usually. <laughs> wow. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's, it, it, it can, it can be, it can be hard to enjoy watching them on screen. Um, now they, they did a lot of impressive stuff with, uh, the, the use of old stock footage to bring, uh, actors and characters from old movies to bring them into the modern day, uh, in the, the police station with all like the old movie cops are, are getting together and you get, uh, you know, bogey talking with whoever he was talking to, you know, nice moments like that, but it doesn't make up for a story that could have used a bit more, uh, development, a bit more time to cook before they actually decided to put it on screen. I will grant that last action hero was probably a great film in the Jack Slater universe, yeah. but in uh. ours, not so much. <laughs> One final twist of the knife. All right. Uh, I stand with Sean on this. Um, Uh-oh. I I enjoyed it. Again, I feel you have to judge a movie um, on its own terms. And The Last Action Hero is the definition of a popcorn film. Uh, it's big explosions, it's action, it's comedy. Um, two, three fart jokes, I believe. I don't I don't remember the um ejaculation scene, but the fart joke was like a set piece. <laughs> let, let me let me let me clarify. There was not an ejaculation scene. <laughs> there was a joke. <laughs> That's a completely different movie. <laughs> Bailiff, I will regain control of this Um but no, it was I, I I agree. There was there was even um a couple of moments of actual like um heart. Um like you said, when, when the when the when the uh Jack Slater who good for you guys for remembering his name because I did not <laughs> when <laughs> when uh movie Arnold Schwarzenegger admits act, act acting Arnold Schwarzenegger and he's like, you know, you were in my life. I was like, oh, you know, yeah. Now I feel kind of bad for <laughs> kind of bad for all these movies I watched. Um, yeah, and Tywin Lannister was—he was a really good villain. He was a really good villain. I'll stand him up to you know any James Bond bad guy. He was—he was a great villain. Um, and I will acknowledge that the. The howls of of crossing universes wasn't really explained, but he had a magic ticket. What more do you need? Like, <laughs> explain it was magic. Magic is the explanation. That's how it worked because it was magic. <laughs> um, yeah, and and it may be that I was the perfect target audience for this film, as Sean was. You know, uh, teenage boy was probably like the the 
you know, whose DNA they sampled to, to find out like what to put in this movie. Um, but it, it worked, and it, and I would, I haven't seen it in years, but I would suspect that um, it holds up. <laughs> Something a teenage boy would enjoy very much. <laughs> wasn't it? Wasn't wasn't a bad film. I stand with Sean. Virginia, have you ever seen it? It is on our list. I have not seen it, okay. but I think Sean. Uh, I think Shane has. Y'all's names are entirely too confusing. Shane, <laughs> Sean, John—all iterations of the same name. <laughs> and let me let me point out that it took us 136 episodes to say the word ejaculation on this show. <laughs> I don't think that's correct. <laughs> but All right, Judge. I just said it like six times, so it's yeah, we have we have said it repeatedly now. Our, our quota has been met for the next 136 episodes all yeah. at once. Um, I, 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 the 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 court is torn on this movie. Um, because I, however, um. So many of the people in this movie did other very good things. And what strikes me, and, and I, I, again, um, testimony that I cannot use in my judgment that was not presented to me was the fact there were lots of wacky cameos. More so than your usual amount of wacky cameos, because the wacky cameos were used as comedy in a movie that presents itself as mostly a comedy. Although, however, there were no comedians in this movie except <laughs> one. And I will, I will <laughs> table that discussion for a second and go back to, of course, the, the, the wacky cameos do not a movie make. However, um, Schwarzenegger has been funnier in better movies. So, I, I'll have to rule. Uh, I can't can't rule on on his contribution as a comedian. Here is why I am ruling this movie guilty of being bad. <laughs> Tried. Here is why I am doing so for the sole reason. Now, in its defense, again, it did contain Professor Sub Zero from The Running Man. In uh, <laughs> another, however, in its uh, what 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 I what the the reason for the guilty verdict is? It's an ostensibly comic movie that contained one comedian in it, Art Carney, and it killed him. This was his <laughs> last movie. Oh man! <laughs> this was the last movie that Art Carney was in. The Star Wars Holiday Special <laughs> did not kill Art Carney. Wow. But this movie did. <laughs> Less than 16 years. Yeah. Yes. He survived okay. the Star Wars holiday special for um, 15 years. But this movie did it. <laughs> Not old age, of course. Or something. No, no. It was never thought of movie. old age. <laughs> so, I, just, right. I just presumed the bad, the bad movies were cumulative. And it just built up in his system. It's like a tumor that just kept growing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's like a football um, player is okay, but if you ever play again, you're gonna break your. <laughs> you're fine as long as you just don't get close to the field. All right. I'm, what what we're gonna do is I I told everybody to bring three movies and we've only gotten the one and we're like an hour and twenty minutes in. So uh, what we're gonna do one we're gonna go around and do one more movie, but 
you pick a movie and just give two or three sentences for your argument. Everybody else just either you agree or you object. Okay. Exactly. And, I'm going to clear we, the we, docket. Yeah. And we will uh, <laughs> clear in the docket. Guilty, so, not guilty. So we'll go around. Scott, what's the next one on your list? Um, oh, geez. Um, uh, what's it going to be? What's it going to be? What's it going to be? Um, all right. Let's say. All right. Let's. Let's say best of the best from 1989 uh, with an IMDb score of 6.4 out of 10. Um, uh, a lot of people think that this movie is uh, it's uh, weak and, and, and soft and uh, for a martial arts film, it's not exciting, but I, it, it's hard to go wrong with a martial arts film from the eighties and nineties. Um, you can call it a kid friendly blood sport, um, and it, it's, it's hard to deny a film that has, uh, Eric Roberts just absolutely giving it everything he's got as the lead. He's not afraid to cry on screen. He's a man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the coach of the, uh, American karate team that is training to go fight in Korea played by James Earl Jones. And wow. one of the highlight moments of the film right near the end James Earl Jones at the at the edge of the ring watching one of his fighters who is really trying to decide whether or not to kill his opponent and you just the camera holds on James Earl Jones as he just says no <laughs> <laughs> that's how he says it I don't know what to tell you but uh, <laughs> it's just fun to watch him just that single word answer with that intonation it's it, it it it's a lot of fun. It's a fun movie to watch. Go watch it. Don't hate it. I have no argument because I don't think I've ever seen it. Same. Same. <laughs> okay, Judge. Not guilty of being bad. Okay. Because the title itself says "Best of the Best." <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, Virginia. What about you? Right there in the title. I'm gonna go with the 2016 version of Ghostbusters. Because a bunch of people love to hate that movie, dudes. Um, but <laughs> I don't think it's a I don't think it's a matter of comparing it to the to the originals. Like I love the originals. I own all of them, even the second one. Um, but I think like I just there are a lot of plot holes in it but I liked seeing the interaction between the women and how funny they are. And it really makes me happy that my nieces and nephews can search female ghostbuster costumes for Halloween. And it's not going to come up with sexy ghostbuster costume. It's going to be like Holtzman or Patty or something like that. Um, I love, I really liked all the nods they gave to the original too, which, really surprised me that people who loved the original didn't really like it because they sort of pay tribute to that stuff. So I think it just got a really bad rap, which I think we've talked about on here before, but I think it's really good despite it. I agree. I like that movie. I agree as well. I enjoyed it. <laughs> Damn it, Scott. <laughs> I, well, no, no. Give me a chance. I have my issues with it, but when I force myself to look at it as its own film, I cannot say it's a bad film. 
Yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't look at it as a sequel to Ghostbusters, but yeah, on its own, it's it, it's it's a decent film. Judge, the judge. Uh, as judge, I am ruling it not guilty of being a bad movie, and I am also ruling it hilarious because my daughter and my wife laughed all throughout this entire movie. <laughs> I, I also laughed. For the judge is a human being, not an automaton. <laughs> However, my daughter and my wife laughed out out of their guts for an hour and a half at this movie. <laughs> that and makes it, me so happy. <laughs> it was it was it was so much fun, and um, also the performance of Thor as himself, basically. <laughs> oh my movie, God, the DC secretary. Good. And um, Leslie Jones, again, as herself, also great. Um, and uh, thirdly, I would also, uh, while I'm rendering this movie not guilty of being bad, I'm rendering anyone who complained about this movie guilty of being a double butthole. <laughs> <laughs> the rarely invoked double butthole. I would also consider rendering the double buttholes as slap nuts because <laughs> that is also terrible. Throw the book at him. Everything. <laughs> All right, John, what's, what, what do you got? But uh, <clears throat> I found out that Rick wasn't going to be able to make it, I, my, my heart broke a little bit. Uh, the Fifth Element. <laughs> uh, short defense. That movie is great. It is funny. It is uh, it is action packed. The acting, whatever. The plot. Psh. <laughs> Who needs whatever. a plot? Who needs a no. plot? There's enough of a plot. There's five elements, and he has to get them all. That's that's yeah. the plot. The end. That's the end. Uh, <laughs> and he's indestructible, and he's action guy, <laughs> and he hits everybody with the bullets, and nobody hits him. It's it is again for the same reason that the last action hero is great. The uh, the fifth element is great. Um, <laughs> I will I will by proxy uh, give give the Rick uh, the reason the movie sucks is because of Chris Tucker. Yeah, he ruined the movie. No, he didn't. He played an extreme character. He really only shows up like the second half of the film, and he is a goofy comic relief. In an already over the top film, uh, <laughs> he was fine. I actually thought he was great. His his introduction scene is is one of the best scenes in all of cinema. <laughs> when he was going through and Ruby, right? And like, yes, I mean, like, it is a frenetic roller coaster of joy, and. Uh, Yes. If, if they wanted to make a sixth element, I am on board. Um, Ruby Rod's introduction is like the opening scene of Moulin Rouge. Just an assault on the senses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, li- I like this character. I did I did think that he was a little overused. He, he should have been in less of the movie than he was. But I liked I liked him for the most part. Uh, and I, I felt like he was because nec- cause parts of the without the action scenes the the scenes with just Bruce Willis and Mila Jovanovich Jovanovich yeah they're kind of 
boring. Which is the worst thing that can happen in this film. I don't care if you're smart. I don't care if you're believable. But just you can't be boring in the in a movie like this. Mm-hmm. And the movie slows down when it's just the two of them, um, you know, making goo goo eyes. And so Ruby Ride is the necessary uh, <laughs> panacea to that. <laughs> he is the solution to that problem. So even even in his overness, he is necessary. I agree. It's not a bad movie. Scott, Virginia. I haven't seen it in a really long time, so I actually don't remember anything about it. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Um, uh, I, I think the movie is awesome. There's no way that person can consider it a bad film. Uh, I showed it to my stepson. My wife was unhappy because you get a very brief glimpse of uh, uh, Jovovich's boobies. Um, but it's out of focus, and it's way in the background, so who cares? It's no big deal. I was going to say, I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah, I was looking so <laughs> twice twice if he, if, if he caught it good on him they, well, <laughs> sorry to call. I, on, on orders from my wife i told him to close his eyes when when those scenes came up oh yeah because that works <laughs> it actually does he gets really awkward and uncomfortable if something like that goes on screen yeah especially if your parents are in the room <laughs> true true all right, Judge, what's the verdict? The, ju- the judge renders as follows. The verdict is not guilty of being a bad movie. And the um, uh, Mr. 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 Counselor Rick, who via hearsay <laughs> uh, would not like this movie, I render him a stick in the mud. <laughs> <laughs> My last pick is going to be uh, Dante's Peak from 1997. Oh, my Lord. In 1997, we had competing volcano movies because you had had Tommy Lee Jones trying to save L.A. from becoming a volcano. And you had Pierce Brosnan in Dante's Peak that was studying an inactive volcano that woke up and blew up a town. So while this movie is slow to start, and you might wonder why Linda Hamilton chose to do this instead of more – Terminator sequels and and why uh, scenes inside the volcano look like they were filmed in a studio back lot. You can't deny oh, that. You, Bruce, <laughs> you can't deny. I, I you can't deny that Pierce Brosnan gives a smoldering post Goldeneye performance as a widowed volcanologist because he made a statement to his wife or his girlfriend. I can't remember which. She loved volcanoes, but she was killed by one. He, he makes a, he makes a statement that uh, he's better at figuring out volcanoes than people, but he's able to get the mayor to fall head over heels in love with him in one day. (laughs) And he escapes an erupting volcano with nothing but a broken arm. And he drives a car over lava. The tires melt and he still drives it. (laughs) So James Bond. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And this was, this was after his first uh, James Bond film. He was no longer, the guy from Remington Steel. He was now the guy from Goldeneye. So, yeah. Hey, have any of you guys ever seen Dante's Peak? I think I saw it in the theater. I remember it being like a fun disaster movie. I enjoyed it. I don't remember much about it, though, except when the people dissolved in, like, the acidic hot springs or whatever because they yeah. thought it was just the water. 
but it was right. really getting all of the crap from the volcano already. That was a little disturbing. <laughs> I can recall it like 22 years later. Uh, no, I never saw it. Okay. <laughs> Got it. Uh, no, Dante's Peak was the deep impact of volcano movies. I watched <laughs> the Armageddon of volcano movies, which was Volcano with Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> Now we can uh, we can we can argue Armageddon and Deep Impact. Yeah, I was like, there, I don't know where you're going with that. I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if you made the right choice. <laughs> All right, Judge. I rendered this movie not guilty of being bad on account of James Bond portrayed the Volcano Man, and secondly, <laughs> this man acted. With a volcano, this man acted in uh, on the set with a real volcano. I'm guessing. I don't know the details. <laughs> but also, what what we must consider is the handicap of Pierce Brosnan having acted in this movie as greatly as he did, while having previously in good in in um, mrs doubtfire being the victim of a run by fruiting this man <laughs> this man is an actor he he survived the run by fruiting and then the next with well, a few years later it's a volcano why why would he put himself through that because he is a genius that is why sir Golden, um, I almost said golden eyes, not guilty. It is, it isn't. But <laughs> Dante Speak is also not guilty. You know, every time I watch Mrs. Doubtfire, I forget that Pierce Brosnan's in it until he shows up. <laughs> well, hey, it's Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> all right. Well, that's, that's all we've got. Uh, I mean, we all had other picks that we didn't get to, so we'll save them and we'll do this again sometime. Um, I will if, allow adjourning and another session at a later date. If you are in, going to be in the south towards the end of the month, uh, come to come to Birmingham. Head to Birmingham and go to the Hoover Sci-Fi Festival. It's absolutely free. It's going to be at the Hoover Public Library uh, July 27th through 28th. Uh, Joe, what have you got planned for that? I don't know. You don't know yet. <laughs> you just submitted a bunch of stuff, and we'll see see what sticks. <laughs> yeah, basically, as 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 you know, Sean, I submit things, and I say, "Hey, I'm going to do those things," and then they say, "Okay, yes, you are doing those things," and then I get there, and they go, "Oh, you're not doing that thing." <laughs> But we're doing that doing. thing. Uh, th this really happened, guys. They, uh, they, I said, "Hey, I want to do a Family Feud sci-fi game show," and they said, "Great, we'll do it." And then said, "Okay, well, you can sit on the stage while we do it." And then their computer-created Family Feud game broke down, and they said, "Okay, guys, sorry." After making making the audience wait like fifteen minutes, "Okay, guys, sorry, we're not going to have a panel." And I said, <clears throat> "Excuse me." I pre-wrote all the questions and the entire game show on physical paper. And then know. I took over the panel and did the whole thing, my dad gum self, and <laughs> saved the convention, I'm sure. Yeah, well, <laughs> it, was the, it was the first panel of the convention. So. Yeah, exactly. So clearly what might happen is I might end up saving this convention again. <laughs> I'm going to play um actually again. Uh, uh -huh. Not 
not not going to get to play Jeopardy this time. They didn't have enough room for two game shows, uh, and they and they're and they're not letting us do a Captain Game Show either. John, I forgot to tell you that. Blame um, <laughs> letting us. Well, I mean, we we will we will I will get I will get Joe yeah, and probably Mike, Mike together, and we will do a Captain Game Show. It just won't be in front of an audience for probably, unless there are people walking by that. Hey, you guys want to come watch us play a game? We technically uh, could have had an audience the last time. We just because we were like in the middle of the library, you said everybody gather around. Yeah, it was right. like nine o'clock too, and we were in like convention flop sweat at that yeah. point. It was, yeah. Uh, but I am doing a couple yeah. of panels. I'm doing a panel on the 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 future of the MCU post Endgame. Uh, and Joe, I've been meaning to write you and ask you if you want to be on that panel with me. <laughs> yes. Okay. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on. Yes. <laughs> and I am doing a panel with. I'm supposed to be with David C. Robertson from uh, the DC on Screen podcast. I'm supposed to do a panel with him about. Star Trek novels and comic books and stuff. Mm. So that'll be fun too. So, so yeah, if you're in Birmingham, July 27th through 28th, come out. It's free and it's fun. If you're not in Birmingham, come anyway. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. I want to thank everybody for being here. Um, Scott, thanks for being here, sir. Well, thank you for inviting me. This was just a, <clears throat> uh, what this afternoon that I found out about this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had to quickly go through my library of movies and say, okay, which ones are the bad ones? <laughs> L- luckily, I'm able to sort them by uh, by critics' rating. So I just started at the, at the bottom of the list. I said, okay, which of these bad movies do I actually like? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Virginia, thank you as well. Thank you for having me. And John, thank you, sir. You're welcome. <laughs> and if you and 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 uh and Joe uh you're going to you you got Dragon Con coming up Dragon Con uh coming up do you have any uh guests already lined up that you want to that you can announce um the uh the the kid from Gremlins who is oh, now okay. you know 50 uh right. he's going to be there which is going to be great and um Mark Singer and Jane Badler from oh. V Oh, cool. And I'm going to be doing panels with them, and that is going to be great. The Beastmaster? The Beastmaster himself? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm doing a Beastmaster panel with that man. Yay! Cool. (laughs) All right. That's Dragon Con in Atlanta, and it's Labor Day weekend, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. If you want to get in touch with us, stay tuned at the end. And announcer Nate will tell you how. And thank you so much for joining us. Be sure to check out the next episode of Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast, when you might hear John say, Ute Aikuhe in a padme, Ikutreyetche. Court dismissed. I have no idea. <laughs> Be sure you like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. You can contact us by email at mail at cosmicpotato.com or send us a voicemail or text message to 205-642-8380. Help the show grow by giving us a five-star rating on iTunes. Thank you for joining us for Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast.
get the replay value on that one. They'll, they'll get it. Yeah, I know it's Pig Latin, but I can't decipher it that quickly. <laughs> Homework is to watch Spider-Man Far From Home, and we'll get together in a couple of weeks and talk about it. I'm going in 12 and, hours. Stop guilting me. And Masters <laughs> of the Universe on Amazon Prime. Yeah, Masters of the Universe. I've seen Masters of the Universe, so. <laughs> probably well, could apparently not. Today. Apparently you haven't, sir. You it's been years. Pass. It's been years. Let, all right, here's a, here's a funny your, story. Your sentence, your sentence is you have to go and see. <laughs> That's on not the a Amazon sentence. Primes. No chance of parole. I have a funny story about Masters of the Universe. So when I was. I'll, uh, I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> <laughs> so when I was probably. I want to say first grade. I went to a private church school when I was in the kindergarten and first grade. And I used to get in trouble all the time because we didn't have a classroom setting where we were sitting in desks and our teacher was in front of us teaching us. We had a more of a cubicle set up. Everyone was sitting in little cubicles and we had workbooks that we worked out of all day. It was very boring. And, um, if we had if we need if we had a question for the teacher, we had these little flags that we would put up on the top of our cubicle. We had a little hole drilled up there for you to put your flag. If you wanted to talk to the teacher, you put up a, a little Christian flag. And if you wanted to talk to the uh, administrator of the classroom, which she was over several grades, then you put up the American flag. So I used to get in trouble because I sat at my desk and played with my flags as though they were He Man action figures. And w- w- I would not get my work done. I got constantly got in trouble for it <laughs> to, the, to the point that um, my dad would not let me watch He-Man in the mornings when I was getting ready for school anymore. So uh, like the, the fault of the flag system that they had. in, in the oh, Yeah. Yeah. Looking back, it was an awful system. But, well, I mean, you get you give a, a six year old kid a couple of flags and expect him not to play with them. I mean, come on. And uh, and I was I was like a ADD type kid anyway, you know. The movie came out, and I was like, "Dad, I want to go see <laughs> Masters of the Universe." And he was like, "No, I told you, you're not allowed to watch He Man." And looking back on it now, I'm like, he just didn't want to take me to see that movie. It had nothing to do with that. <laughs> so I didn't get to see it in the theater, but uh, I watched it. Uh, got it from the video store. Remember those? Were you were you were you happy with it when you saw it? Well, yeah, when I was when I was a kid, looking back, I mean, when I watch it now, and I watched it, I've watched it within the last three or four years or so, and it is very dated as far as special effects and stuff like that. But there are things about that movie that are great, like Frank Langella, just his performance. He does all not. All right, play. okay, all right. We know, we heard it, we heard it, we heard it. <laughs> he I'm doesn't play it. it. I'm like watch it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The 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 interior set design for Castle Grayskull, I didn't I didn't really focus on that as much as I meant to, but I, for a film with a with a Canon Films budget like that one, I Joe you you had it right talking about uh, about uh, Henry Stout was it Henry or Harry William 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 William, William Stout. Stout did such a good job with that Castle Grayskull interior set because. To see it in a cartoon, the interior of Castle Grayskull was basically a great big empty room that was so dark you couldn't see the walls. But there was really nothing going on in there, and that was the only room you ever saw in this entire castle. <laughs> when you buy the playset, 
that that doesn't give you a sense of the inside of it. And, you know, you open it up and it's a couple of little plastic shelves with stickers on them, and that's your rooms. No, no. Stout put together a really impressive set with the the matte painting that gave the impression of the the lower level on either side of that catwalk. Huge expansive room with the with the the statues on either side that Dolph Lundgren pushed over because he just goddamn impressive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See. They had a contest. Uh, they had a contest back then. I think it was in one of the magazines that you could enter this contest, and if you won, you would win a role in Masters of the Universe. And it was won by a nine-year-old kid whose name I, I don't know. Uh, That's good because so, that'd be kind of creepy if you remember that. <laughs> he goes. He goes to Hollywood or wherever they filmed. I, I'm imagining they filmed it in Los Angeles somewhere. And uh, they put him in a pig costume that you could could not recognize him. He was heavily made up. And he was basically one of the creatures in Skeletor's palace or something like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, the final edit of the film, he was on the screen for like a nanosecond, just like that. He's like, I'm in a movie. <laughs> and, and I you remember those characters. Me. I'm on the screen for a second, but there you go. And I, I kind of wanted to mention this during court, but I knew it would have been too much of a too much of a tangent. But does anyone, any anyone still on the call, uh, know anything about the uh, intended sequel for Masters of the Universe? I know that it was rewritten into a Jean-Claude Van Damme film that I can't remember the name the name of now. That is that is correct. That is indeed correct. Nice. Um they had put together a, a story for it but it never ended up coming together. Um they had hinted at it at the very end of the movie. I even way back then they still did post-credit scenes every now and again. If you stay till the end of the credits you see Skeletor come back up out of the water, look at the camera and say I'll be back. <laughs> now, would he have been in the sequel? I don't know. But they had started putting together sets and costumes for it, and then the entire project fell through. But they still yeah. got these sets and these costumes that they've made. What can we use them for? Hey, here we go. Let's take a few elements from this abandoned Masters of the Universe sequel script. We'll dress it up with some other stuff that we have lying around, with some other script elements we have lying around. Boom, you got Cyborg with Jean-Claude Van Damme. I was going to say, I bet they made Cyborg, didn't they? Yep. Now, that is a truly terrible movie. <laughs> <laughs> that is quite probably the worst movie in the world. <laughs> we'll have a whole other court session. <laughs> I'll, I'll go back and rewatch it, and if I can put together an argument, then I'll present that as a case. <laughs> uh, All right, guys, I'm going to head out. I want to try to get in another episode or two of Strangers. Yeah. It's good. I might I'm actually probably, be in the series. I'm probably going to go to sleep soon because I definitely know how to live it up on vacation. I fall asleep early and then I end up no, waking up. I end up waking up at 6 a.m. The last episode is a double episode, so it's like an hour and a half long. So, yeah, you probably won't finish. <laughs> All right, so I'll probably, I'll probably finish 6. Nah, I know me. I'll finish 6 and I'll watch 7 and then I'll go to sleep. I will give you Probably. a I will give you a tip right. without without spoiling anything. This is no, this is without, I don't want to hear it. This is without spoiling tips? anything. I don't I'm not spoiling it. anything. God dang it! Listen to me. <laughs> if you get if you get the episode six, 
You will see a phone number. number. Pause it and dial that phone number. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, am, I am in episode six. I have okay. not encountered the number yet. We we live on the internet. Even I know about the phone number. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>